Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 63 of season three of Brody Sports Talk. My name is Sean Morgan. I am joined by Caleb Walgren once again. Fortunately, we are without Derek Resnick today, uh, but it is Fantasy Friday. Uh, where Yeah, where we are going to talk nothing but fantasy football and, you know, all the things that come with it. We've got a uh, pretty decent episode, I think. I'm going to recap some of what happened in our respective leagues as we have so far this season. Uh, we are going to talk about our week two fantasy studs and duds, including, you know, who was a surprise performance, whether it's a good or bad performance. Uh, we've got a couple matchup questions that we fielded on Twitter. And then finally, we'll talk about who our fantasy sleepers are heading into the uh, heading into the week. So let's um, let's talk about our leagues, man. Let's talk about our leagues. Uh, once again, we both survived in our guillotine league. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with the guillotine league, I realize I don't think we ever explained it. Uh, maybe we did. Maybe we did. I think, I think we did. We did actually. in the opener, but basically but, with the guillotine league... Lowest score gets sent home every week. It is an 18-team league, and so we have hence chopped two teams. Uh, this week, unfortunately, it was one of our friends and co-hosts from Clutch Crew Sports, as they had Zach Wilson and Mac Jones, and there was just not a lot of passing happening in that game, and his team got the axe this week, did. which means that people are bidding for people like Stefan Diggs and Daryl Henderson, because, uh, yeah, that's who you want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, the past week, uh, the whoever got eliminated, I can't remember what team it was. Uh, I did end up with CD Lamb, which was a very, very nice help uh, because I definitely went uh, wide receiver light with my draft and really prioritized. I mean, my first two off the board were Lamar Jackson and Tom Brady. I had a really good week, too. <laughs> <laughs> really good yes, week two in the guillotine. Uh, I think I, I don't actually know if I had the highest score. I was close. I think it's who had, um, let me, let me look here. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I am the highest score. I've like figured whoever had Henry may have, but I mean, in super flex, man, getting two stud, you know, quarterbacks really does make a difference. And my, my goal with this guillotine league was to go and get, two quarterbacks that I thought were going to be able to carry me through the season and shore up points in areas that I could potentially go a little bit lighter on so far through two weeks, it's worked out. Uh, we will see, you know, with, uh, with the additional teams being eliminated, I would hope I'm also safe for week three and then I can potentially look at what, uh, what may come as far as, fixing a couple of other spots of weaknesses before I can maybe pump the brakes on picking up free agents. Well, let's, uh, let's talk about my dynasty league, my dynasty league. I need to, and I, I know we, I have a couple of people now that are in my dynasty league that are listening to the podcast specifically, I think actually listening to these episodes. So I am going to gloat, uh, because I have every right to gloat. So I did win my matchup this week. Uh, 215 points even to... Actually, no, hang on. Uh, that's the wrong league. Uh, 212.54 uh, to 125.02. So I ended up beating the uh, the average score by like 60%. Uh, it was a monstrous week. The next closest uh, high score to me was at 162, and that was off the back of Derrick Henry. 
I'm, you know, I, I really have a win now team. Brady had a big game. I do have Christian McCaffrey. I do have Aaron Jones. They had great games. Uh, I made good decisions at the whiteout spot. Uh, I'm going to give myself props. Who was my fantasy sleeper last week? It was Cortland Sutton. What did Cortland Sutton go and do? Caught uh, nine passes on 12 targets for 159 yards. It gave me almost 25 points. Uh, the only mistake I think I made uh, is going to be uh, having Keenan Allen. And even though he you know, caught four balls, 108 yards, uh, he ended up finishing at around 14 points. And I ended up keeping Sterling Shepard on the bench once again, who came out and slotted uh, you know, 17 and a half on the bench. But why am I complaining? I had the Bills defense as well, twenty four points. Yeah, <laughs> like it was. It was a good week. It was a. It was a very good week. Uh, entering into week three, things are going to be a little bit rougher because my quarterback options. I don't have um, a- as many advantageous matchups as before. Brady is going up against the Rams. Aaron Rodgers, my other option, going up against the Forty ers My other quarterback option is technically Trey Lance, who's going to remain in the taxi spot. So not as easy of a decision, I think, uh, in regards to, you know, do I go with the Brady to Evans combination or do I look for, you know, some potential options and, you know, is Rodgers going to have a better game? And, you know, Sterling Shepard, the Giants are going up against uh, the Falcons defense. So maybe I go and shift some things around. A lot of questions. Going to try to answer them over the next couple of days. So next up in the podcast league that I'm in, that we we I did get Sean and Derek in as co-owners, so they are officially losing with me yeah, at this we point. Are, we are suffering um, alongside. Uh, we played Scotch and Sports this past week, and I'm going to do my best version of one of their segments right now. So what's souring my Scotch is that I went ahead and picked up Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, thinking that that would be a great combo for fantasy football. Allen and Diggs scored a ton of points together last year. Apparently what I did not think about was the first three weeks of the schedule where they placed the Steelers, the Dolphins, and then the Washington football team as their opposing defenses. We're 0-2, and we're going to have to figure out a way to turn it around. I think there's a lot of talent. Uh, I do want to try to find a running back if anyone's listening. So send me your running back trades, and let's see what we can work out, you know. If you want Travis Kelsey for Christian McCaffrey, we can make that happen. So, uh, <laughs> hang on. Who's uh, our? Who's who else do we have at? at uh, we don't even have. I don't know uh, if I have a second. There's tight not end, even a second tight end here. Up. We got an open. We got. I will, I will find one off waivers if you will give us Christian McCaffrey. Oh man, like who? Who is even on? Like available right now at tight end here? It's the uh, ten team league, so it's not. Yeah, I mean, uh, Jared Cook. Uh, Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, Zach Ertz. Yeah, so people available. Well, not Zach Ertz this week. Uh, yeah, no, not not quite. <laughs> I'm just looking to see who's like still available in the in the league. Yeah, he's uh, good old there, good old there. Good old COVID. There. So uh, the other league I want to tell you guys about. I don't know that I've actually formally introduced it on this podcast yet. It's called Honey I Shrunk the League, where the roster sizes get smaller and you have to cut one player from your team each week, and they are then not available to be picked up by anyone. <laughs> so the commissioner has to keep this ongoing list, and apparently they will force drop people if you accidentally pick them up. 
the person who got force dropped from this league because it has super huge rosters and it's basically quarterback and a whole bunch of flex is I cut Donovan Peoples Jones because he has been horrible. And <laughs> I think this last week he got negative 1.1 fantasy points. I hear that's good. And, what are you talking about? Uh, I think the week before that he got 0.7. So for through two games he was negative, and I was like, "Yeah, you're you're gone for good." Uh, I know that Jarvis Landry is now hurt. Odell Beckham's been out the first two weeks. I assume if they come back, you're going to see less targets still. So goodbye, Donovan Peoples Jones. Later of the Browns, you are no longer eligible to be picked up by any team. So uh, fortunately, in that week league i was winning and i went up against this person named aaron jones on monday night and uh did not win so uh i'm trying to represent the bro well and i'm failing somewhat tragically in some of these podcast leagues i mean take a take a stab at a couple different you know draft strategies some conventional some unconventional see what works see what doesn't I mean, ultimately, if you're playing in a lot of leagues, you have a lot of options. You don't, you know, like for me in the, like my dynasty league, because it's, you know, it is a, a monetary payout. I did want to make sure that I was equipping myself with a, with one of my tried and true like dynasty strategies. Whereas with other leagues, I just kind of like, you know what? I like this guy. I, I think he's going to have a good year. Let me just pick him up. And it was more of a who I liked at the time versus really trying to do anything, you know, unique. But let's, uh, you know, speaking of liking and disliking guys, let's talk about our studs and duds of week two. There were a lot of performances I think people weren't expecting out of uh, a couple of players and definitely some high-quality performances out of players that we were expecting to uh, to do well. Uh, so Derek's, um, his fantasy stud of week two was uh, none other than the player we talked about on an earlier episode, uh, Brandon Cooks out of the Texans. I... You know, actually, I need to pull up his stat line. Do you have it in front of you, or do you mean to grab it really quick? Uh, I think it was five for 113 and a TD. Not bad. Um, I, You know, for me, I, I look at the, the, the Texans, you know, like wide-out situation. Suddenly, Cooks is, you know, he had a, he had a great week, too. Don't know how week three is going to go. <laughs> but, you know, week two is definitely a, a standout performance. Uh, for me, mine, and I mentioned him a little bit earlier, was Sterling Shepard. So... Once again, I left him on my bench this past week in the in my dynasty league, but I did start him in I believe another league that I had. Uh, but in the dynasty league, he ended up getting seventeen and a half points. Uh, he had uh, one carry. Technically, he lost nine yards, but he was um, nine catches on ten targets, ninety four yards. So uh, this was a the reason I had him as a stud, which you know is just a, a decently you know average performance. I think it's about what it means, right? And I kind of called this to a certain extent when we talked about the Giants uh, Washington game and what I have been seeing out of this wide receiver core, and that Danny Dimes has really honed in on Shepard as his go-to and his safety net. We're seeing him spread the ball around a decent amount. But nobody else has, I think, tallied over four catches or five catches aside from Shepard. And, you know, for a quarterback who sometimes has decision-making issues, having a go-to reliable guy is great. And I don't think that it's easy to double-team Shepard because, in reality, if you look at that wide receiver core, 
almost all of them are about at the same level. It's one of the reasons why they're one of the hardest, I think, wide receiver cores to look at from a fantasy standpoint is because you never really know. Slayton's the, you know, the fast guy and he's going to get, you know, probably some massive yardage and a touchdown, but he's not in a PPR league. He's not going to be the guy catching, you know, six, seven, you know, 10 grabs. Uh, We don't want to really know anything about Galladay yet uh, as far as what his Giants career is going to look like. Uh, Tony has been a, uh, <laughs> please, hopefully, you know, for your sake, if you're listening to this, you didn't take a, a stab on him early in the draft because that's bitten you in the butt. But I was very impressed with Shepard and I continue to remain impressed with Shepard. I think actually in like a PPR, um, he's like actually, uh, like number nine right now, uh, as far as wideouts go which I don't think anybody predicted. And he's probably on the waivers for a lot of different leagues right now because people thought that week one was an aberration. Well, here he comes in week two playing against Washington, one of the better defenses in the league. And, you know, he puts up even, you know, more targets and more catches than he did in week one, which was also, by the way, against one of the best defenses in the NFL. He's going up against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL this week. I'm just saying. Nice. Uh, who is nice. uh, who is your stud of the week? So I did end up having Aaron Jones in one league, and if you had anyone named Christian McCaffrey, or Derrick Henry, or Aaron Jones, you probably have them down as a stud this week because what Derrick you, Henry was. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I went with Aaron Jones. Uh, he definitely sealed several victories for people on Monday night. So, in general. The stat line was 67 yards rushing and a touchdown, 48 yards receiving and three touchdowns. So six catches. And in general, when you get four touchdowns, that's just nasty. So uh, kudos to Aaron Jones. I have him as my fantasy stud of the week. And while I'm here, I'm going to go ahead and just circle right around into our fantasy duds. And I don't want to spend a ton of time on mine, but we had talked about Corey Davis as an option to play. He had a fantastic week one. And I think Bill Belichick, overly focused on making sure he didn't do anything in week two uh as he does uh, two two catches on five targets and eight yards so half ppr league he got 1.8 uh so that was pretty horrible uh <laughs> sean who was your fantasy dud of the week uh and this gives me great pleasure uh my fantasy dud was dak prescott so obviously you know he had a monster of a week one against the bucks who were you know, considered to be one of the better defenses and better secondaries in the NFL. Uh, he's going up against the Chargers, and you know, you would expect, hey, this is probably going to be a high-flying game. The Chargers have a high-flying offense, so do the Cowboys. You know, he's going to you know load up those points again. Not so much. Uh, you saw kind of a shift, I think, in play calling, and they definitely try to run the ball a lot more. And so, you know, 23 for 27, 237 yards, uh, an interception. And uh, just overall, like he, you know, he had to fumble as well. And so, you know, the no, no touchdowns and then two turnovers, that, that doesn't do you much. Uh, in my dynasty league scoring, he ended up with 6.48 points. Uh, that's, you know, that's not going to do it in a, and this is a sing, especially if you have it like in a single quarterback league, that probably, you know, his performance, I guarantee you costs a lot of fantasy managers their matchups this week. Oh yeah, I would agree. I know I had Dak in one league, and I think I may have that may have been where I also had Aaron Jones. So I may have survived that one, but it was not 
uh, not easy to say the least. No, uh, Kittle uh, Kittle is Derek's uh, choice, and I get that. I don't, I don't know what his stat line was, but it's really hard to trust San Francisco 49ers offensive players right now. Uh, doesn't matter who it is, because things just really aren't manifesting the way that you would hope, and some of that is just situational. But I think um, you know it's it may be too early to to write them off completely, but. It's looking a little scary. It's looking a little scary. Let's talk about our surprises of the week. Let's talk about our surprises of the week. Uh, I have the stat line for Kittle. Oh, share that real fast. Yeah, wasn't like two catches or something. Uh, you, 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 you cut yourself out for four catches for seventeen yards. Four catches, seventeen yards. Yeah, that ain't good. That ain't gonna that ain't gonna do much, especially when odds are if you drafted Kittle, then you drafted him at a much higher ADP than. You know, you would have otherwise potentially picked up some other key components. So you are expecting, you know, wide receiver-esque points out of that slot. And you're not getting, especially if you play in one of, you know, I've never really talked about it. But, you know, there are plenty of leagues that change their tight end scoring settings, you know, to get them a little bit more involved. Which, by the way, I hate. I'm not. A, I'm not a super like crazy big fan of that, just because I think it skews the top three, top four tight ends, and uh, drastically changes their ADP. But uh, nevertheless, if you did pick up Kittle, odds are you were extra disappointed because that could have been you know a wide receiver uh, that you know could have made the difference in in some of these leagues. But let's talk about our fantasy surprises. So, uh, for Derek, he had the Patriots defense. Well, <laughs> quite a lot of interceptions. Quite a lot of interceptions. Uh, they made the Jets look atrocious uh, across the board, really. So, that is that is a uh, pleasant surprise, I think, for a lot of Patriots defense holders. Uh, who was your surprise of the week? So, I went with Mike Williams, and I feel like he's been pretty good altogether through a couple of games. Uh, this week he had seven catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. And I feel like in general, he's more utilized in the Chargers offense this year than we have really seen out of prior years. They kind of were using him more as a deep threat. But through two games, he's got 15 catches for 173 yards and two touchdowns, where he seems like he could conceivably be a regular starting wide receiver for your fantasy lineup and before he was kind of this boom or bust kind of guy uh, in the league. I had him for half PPR. He got 18.6. And I mean, that was more than players like Jamar chase, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley. Like it's, it was a really big steal to play him because no one was drafting him really. Like I no. got him really late in that draft. Yeah. I, I, you know, the way, one of the things I want to call out about Mike Williams, especially, uh, and this is going to be a little bit of a, a Cowboys hate. Anytime you are looking at potential wide receiver matchups, uh, specifically against the Cowboys, they basically have one cornerback. <laughs> they have one corner that's actually decent. Uh, so whoever your whoever that team's number two is, they're going to have a good week. They're going to have a uh, a big week. So. Uh, just a uh, word to the wise. Keep an eye on that. Uh, if they're playing, the, if you know you're, you have a, a wide receiver who's normally you know wide out number two, and they're sitting on your bench, but you see they're playing the Cowboys this week. Potentially give them a shot. Uh, for me, mine was Rondale Moore, and uh, out of the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, he got his first touchdown. 
this weekend. I uh, ended up with uh, seven catches, eight targets, 114 yards, and a touchdown. With the way Arizona's offense is playing, you have to look at you know him as a legitimate you know um, you know like flex option in some deeper leagues. As he develops, he may end up developing into a solid wide receiver too. It's just going to be a matter of time. So I was pleasantly surprised, especially after he had a rather average. Uh, opening game against the Titans. This is he, he's going up against Jacksonville in Week Three, and then he has a couple of reality checks here in Week Four and Week Five. So I think that you have to, you know, I, I wouldn't completely buy Rondell Moore. Uh, he's a he's a smaller, faster guy. So you know you're going to need to look at how he does against some of these better defenses. You know the Browns in Week Six before coming back to playing Houston and Green Bay, two weaker secondaries in Week Seven and Eight. So you know just if you're in a dynasty league, grab him. Uh, he's probably already been picked up, but you know in some you know like redraft leagues or anything like that, you're this is a this is a guy to keep an eye on. Uh, I, he probably isn't on a tremendous amount of uh, starting lineups, but you know it's uh, watch his development. Like watch his development very, very carefully. I think for Rondale Moore, I saw uh, Roto World was saying he was actually the person that they said to target the most to pick up for the last like <laughs> after week one and now after week two. Like they're saying. Go get Rondale Moore. He's going to be worth it. Yeah, I mean uh, number twenty right now in um, uh, as a as a wideout, forty seven overall. And this is um, I believe this is PPR scoring what I'm looking at right now. So I, I'm I'm high on the guy. I especially in that offense, man. Especially in that offense, it's hard to look at some of these cards, you know, offensive standouts and say that they don't have fantasy value. <laughs> Uh, let's go to the matchup questions. Let's. Uh, so, so what was uh, what's on the docket here that we've that we fielded? So we did get one from our friends over at the Makeshift Managers Podcast, which is at T A M S M Podcast on Twitter, and I actually had talked to them before uh, the game, and they said that they were buying the Panthers upsetting the Saints. So. Kudos to them for calling that one because I was not necessarily as aware of that surprise coming. Uh, but they're they're saying this week, uh, you going with Scary Terry despite you know is he quarterback proof? He's got Taylor Heineke, or are you going to stick with the purple and uh, play Justin Jefferson in this weird dichotomy of roles that uh, Kirk Cousins is kind of having? I think that they've said. Uh, Jefferson is getting the targets. Dylan is getting the touchdowns and Osborne is getting the yards on the team. And it's confusing, I think to say the least for the, what the Minnesota receiving room uh, this week. Let's see. The football team is taking on the bills, which is not necessarily a desirable matchup on the road. Whereas the Vikings see who do the vikings play this week uh vikings are going up against that uh seahawks defense that has not uh been as weren't as good in week two as they were Hmm? leo jones looked good against them yeah again that's probably not who many people would say is their wide receiver one (laughs) so um i'll let you take i'll I'll not let you take this one first because i have uh, I want to. I want to hear your take on it. 
I think that Terry might actually be more valuable with Taylor Heineke at quarterback than with Fitzpatrick there. I think the young quarterback needs to be able to have a receiver he can lean on. And sometimes that means, hey, we're going to do a slant. Well, if you're going to throw a slant, you're throwing it to McLaurin and you're going to see if he can take it and go. You know, if you're PPR, half PPR, McLaurin is going to feast. And I think that he is has a higher floor right now than Justin Jefferson. And while the ceiling may not be there, I don't know that I trust that Kirk is going to uh, fire it in to Justin Jefferson the way that I think Taylor Heineke is going to fire it in at Scary Terry. So I personally would go Terry over JJ this week, even though that's super weird because if you drafted Justin Jefferson, you're going to want to play him. So uh, I hope you have additional flex spots somewhere. Uh, (laughs) I would play Terry. So this to me is a coin flip. And I I am leaning just an an inch and a dime a little more toward uh, Justin Jefferson. Now, the reason for that is I feel like the Bills, generally speaking, they're they're going to be better defensively. Like they're they're better, I think, in the secondary right now, and they're coming off of a a monster performance. There's a lot of momentum in their direction. And I think traveling to Buffalo is always rough. And especially considering that, you know, the the Bills are going to have, you know, time to kind of prepare. And I don't know if I'm really super sold on any of the, you know, Washington wideouts aside from Terry. Whereas I do think there is a bit of, and I actually like your call out here because I do think there is a bit of a bigger potential risk. With Jefferson getting, you know, either a lot of a lot of catches, but not a lot of, you know, touchdowns or, you know, just them mixing it up generally. But the Titans are able to spread the ball around a decent amount, like a, a, a quite a decent amount. And, you know, the Seahawks are vulnerable to giving up big plays right now. And so I, if there's anybody in that offense that I think can uh, capitalize and take a big play, it's going to be Justin Jefferson. It's also Dalvin Cook, but I think at the wideout position, Jefferson is the is the biggest individual threat. I think they're going to score similar points. I think they're going to score very very similar points totals. I am I am giving the edge to Jefferson, if only because I think that they're going to put up the Vikings are going to put up like a lot more passing yards, and it's going to be a much higher scoring game. And the the ball is going to be thrown a bunch. Whereas with Washington and Buffalo, I have a feeling that's going to be a much lower scoring game. And in a PPR league, you know, very well, Scary Terry is probably going to get more grabs. That can make a difference. In a standard or half PPR, you have to then ask yourself, is he going to get the touchdowns? Is he going to get the yards? Like, what's going to happen there? So I think it's league dependent. And then really on, you know, what, like you said, do you, do you have a flex spot? Like, what are your other options there? Do you think that there's potentially some outscoring possibilities, you know, somewhere else that's a little more guaranteed? It's a tough choice. But I am I'm giving the slight, slight edge to Jefferson. Uh, what's our uh, – so in our, in our wonderful podcast league where we are 0-2, what's our dilemma this week? By the way, well, have you listened – I don't think he, in any of the uh, – 
the suggestions I've made have has, have my suggestions been taken? I played Corey Davis last week at your suggestion. Oh, okay. He was my fantasy dud of the week. Uh, <laughs> so so forgot about that. I mean, we went up against Derrick Henry, so I don't know that it would have made that much of a difference. Then it's fair. Um, so for this one, I'm really looking at the running back situation that we that I got ourselves in, uh, and we've got Javante Williams against the Jets. We've got Jamal Williams at home against Baltimore. And and I I put AJ Dillon at San Francisco. Technically, we have Lindsey and we have Ingram. I don't know that I trust the Texans running backs against the Panthers. We kind of already talked about that matchup. Um, I'm thinking I might do with the Jay Williams duo again, simply because I don't trust it. But I'm also going. Oh my gosh, I have to trade for someone. <laughs> Sean, where where are you at as far as that's concerned? Would would you even consider Dylan over those other guys? I know Dylan didn't play a ton on Monday night. I also know that they can't just let Aaron Jones do everything every game. These running backs suck. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at his, <laughs> I, like this is there is no there is no positive spin. Uh, I think obviously. Um, Javante Williams has to be one of the two. Has to be one of the two. And uh, I'm almost leaning toward either Ingram or Lindsay, to be quite honest. And the, I know you said, hey, we, we kind of talked about the the running back situation with the Texans uh, in our uh, in our Thursday night preview. And, you know, technically, even if you're this is Fantasy Friday. But we are recording this on a on a Tuesday, and so we actually the people who are listening to this live may actually know whether or not this was the right call. Uh, I actually am leaning toward Ingram, and it feels a little weird that I think he I think he's going to be very very touchdown like dependent, and it's going to be a matter of does he get the does he get the touchdowns on the ground. Does Lindsay get the touchdowns on the ground? Do um, I mean, like what what ends up happening? What ends up you know being this situation? But I don't think Dylan's the right call. I, I even though, like, let's see, what did he have? Um, he was he only well. he was only he in the he only saw nineteen snaps and he only saw the ball three times. Um, no, just under third. Sorry, not, uh, not three times. Uh, nineteen snaps and um. Basically, five carries and a and a catch. Yeah, dang, that ain't much. And forty nine. Uh, I am leaning toward Ingram. Um, is and it's tough, right? It's a this is an awful situation, and just the only reason that I am I am like not really considering um, Williams. Like, what? Uh, let's see. They're going up against Baltimore. They're at home. I like Swift. PPR, so... You could say Jamal Williams, but it's not full PPR. Yeah. So uh, I think I'll put Ingram in. We'll go Javante and we'll go Ingram. Yeah, I'm. I, I like Swift. I think Swift is so good, and he's he's doing so well in that offense. Uh, it's hard for me to to say that you know Jamal Williams is going to get anything going consistently, and especially in a matchup like this. So I know he had. You know, he had a solid opener against San Francisco, but 
you know, that was, I think, unexpected. And I feel like what we saw against Green Bay is definitely going to be more more par for the course, I guess, in uh, in certain regards. So those are those are those are my thoughts. Uh, let's go ahead and finish the episode out. Let's talk about our fantasy sleepers. Uh, Derek had the Broncos defense, which to be quite honest, I, I think that if you're, you know, if let's say if you're doing like the, the rotating two defenses thing, uh, you're probably leaning toward the Broncos anyway, anyhow, but you know, we just saw, uh, Zach Wilson throw four interceptions against the Patriots defense. I'm sure if you're holding the Broncos defense and you seeing the Broncos are playing at home, you're like, Hmm. Yeah, be even better secondary, huh? Okay, okay. Yeah, let's uh, let's start them. So I think that's a uh, that's a good call. Uh, what about you? What are you looking at for your sleeper? So this week I'm looking at Justin Herbert, and I'm looking at him in part because I really haven't seen a lot on the Chiefs' defense that I've really liked. Plus, let's say the Chiefs are able to go on one of those spurts that they do where somehow they score like 24 points in the second quarter and it's 24 to 10 at the half, Herbert's going to have to pass more. You know, let's let's see if Herbert takes some additional chances in this offense. And I know he had a red zone turnover this week, but his receiver fell down in the end zone. Like how much of that is really his fault? I think that Herbert is going to provide value. And if you have him, that you took him potentially a little bit later, I think this is the type of matchup you have him for because he, he's going to have to go out there. He's going to have to throw the ball and he should get the touchdowns this week, even though he's only had one the first two weeks. I think it's going to be uh, his best game of the year so far. And I don't think that that's saying much. No, I, I can definitely agree to that. I'm, I mean, I told you I'm all in on, on uh, Justin Herbert. So I think this is a, this is a pretty good option. I'm actually going with, uh, with with my boy uh, Dallas Goddard, I think that we saw a definite dip in performance against San Francisco. Uh, two catches, twenty four yards. That's not that's not doing much. And uh, he had a you know a pretty solid opener. Uh, four catches on five targets, forty two yards, and a touchdown. I think the big thing is the uh, having the tight end safety net for the Eagles offense is huge. And we talked about it. I don't know if it was this episode or last. We talked about. Oh no, we talked about this episode because I said that Zach Ertz was on the uh, on the waiver wire for uh, for the for the podcast league. Well, Zach Ertz has COVID. He's not going to be playing. So Dallas is probably going to get a uh, a lot more looks against Dallas. <laughs> See what I did there? And I know that Ertz spreads the ball around a lot and really hasn't had I think a target that he's favorited over another. And a lot of these breakout plays that a lot of times get dumped off to a tight end in other offenses can sometimes result in, you know, when you have a mobile quarterback, the quarterback just keeping it. But a lot of those, especially in the red zone, turn into touchdowns. So I think that um, Goddard's due for probably a, you know, four, five, six grab uh, game, especially considering that this is likely going to be a more offensively geared game. And I think he's a high, high touchdown threat, uh, especially over some of these, you know, some of these wide outs. I, I would look for uh, a bit of a bounce back for him. So that's that's what I'm thinking we uh, we end up seeing. Uh, well, that's it. Uh, that fantasy sleepers our last segment. Any uh, final thoughts before we call it a fantasy Friday? I think that uh, fantasy Fridays are fantastic, 
and that's where you should go for all of your fun podcast needs. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, as always, I want to thank you for listening. If you do have the option of liking or subscribing or commenting or reviewing or doing whatever it is that you can do to help us out on your chosen platform to listen to us, whether that be you know on a um, like a podcasting network platform or YouTube, please do so. You can find all of our links on our link tree, linktr.ee slash Brody Talk. Uh, we're most active on our Twitter as far as our social media presence goes. Caleb loves interacting with everybody. So if you have any questions, concerns, just want to be even a shout out, like it's throwing, you know, throwing us in there. Uh, we're always happy to, to give you a shout out as long as it's, uh, you know, productive, reasonable and uh, conducive to the episode that we're covering. We're always happy to, to maybe uh, drop your drop your Twitter handle. Uh, but on behalf of Caleb and our absent co-host, Derek, my name is Sean. We are Brody Sports Talk. We are signing out. Have a good one, everybody. Bye.